And we're back. We're back. Different episode today. What are we doing? So, catch up episode, working title, um, to go through the first 10, just see what, you know, we've been talking about throughout the episodes and also talking about what the hell's going on with us more generally. Yeah, these are a bit of an update, a bit of housekeeping. Yeah. And a general overview of the last 10 episodes. Um, and for this this one, we're looking at episode one through to 10. So first 10 episodes we've done too. So good job to you. Congratulations. <laughs> so to start, we thought it would be a good way to look at what is the top principle that we've taken from all of the last 10 books that we've we've read mm. and and you know, what, is, what has probably impacted us the most or what, has, what we're applying the most in, in our day-to-day? So for me, I think I pulled out when you asked me this question to solidify my feedback loops through repetition. And so I think that that is probably more towards, I guess, making sure I'm reflecting and improving and do that sort of iterative learning because um, that's something that it's hard to do and it's hard to make time for, particularly when you feel stressed out and you're always running around. Uh, and it's something that I'm trying to put a lot of effort into and kind of have done over the last, you know, maybe six months. So what does, it, what does that look like, mate? It's kind of multifaceted for me and I've kind of tried to incorporate it in a lot of different ways. So... The first way has been to kind of sit down and figure out what I'm trying to do that's going to improve my life and my work. So I've got a whole bunch of things that I want to track against because that's kind of how my mind works. And the first step was kind of sitting down and figuring out, well, what's my job? So let's take the work example what are the six components of my work that I need to get good at to get where I want to go? And so for me, doing more of kind of a business management role now, it's more around sort of developing, being able to develop proper systems within the company, develop a sales and marketing strategy. And those things kind of are certain targets that I want to kind of reach and then I've written all them down and deliverables. And then I track all my time against how much time because we have to do timesheets in our business. I've got categories that I track how much of that I'm actually doing. Are you, so you have like these specifically set up custom um, categories? Yeah. Wow. So they are, I guess I can tell you what they are if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And I log, I use Trello to log all my tasks day to day. That's my time management system that I do. And I log every task against is one of these, is this task moving me forward in those areas? So I've got, I need to improve the business reporting and systems, develop and maintain a business plan, put in a sales and marketing strategy, um, improve internal and external communication, do update the finance administration or run, that's part of my duty is to run that side of the company. Um, And 
a few others like make sh- around legal and statutory requirements and reducing risk in those areas, making sure all our stuff's up to date and we're, you know, compliant with regulations and stuff like that. And so all my tasks tracked against them and then all my time I track against that too. So that's kind of like a bit of a feedback loop to making sure in the moment I'm doing what I should be doing. But then I also incorporate now I've got, we've put in an advisory board for the business that we check in with who help us reflect upon ourselves and I catch up with one of those guys or both of them actually regularly to kind of just talk almost like a coaching mentoring sort of thing um, as well as act as a bit of oversight as well as a you know a bit of personal mentoring it's a reflection yeah you can kind of have some external you know feedback and then I think and I think that's 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 a critical element of this because yeah. there's only so much that you can gauge from the inside yeah <laughs> and then I also write a journal got a habit tracker now so I've really kind of dived into this I meditation Uh, and so this is a huge focus for me because I find that in my current role in the business I can get distracted very easily fighting fires and doing other stuff so I've put a lot of things in place mainly through and I think this podcast is a is a way to reflect too Um, so I think I've done maybe six or seven things that I've implemented that have helped me reflect more it's interesting Lockie that you've um, not just implemented this um, from a post perspective but you've set up categorization of your time for example as a measure so I think that why I did those sort of day to day ones is that it allows me to reflect almost daily or weekly on what I'm spending my time doing but it also makes me think about before it's almost prevention because I have to categorise each of the tasks. I actually can discard things before I do them. It's like a and, – and I imagine you have, yeah, a mini reflection at each point in time where you go, oh, where does this task fit within uh, yeah, all this, like, this little fire over here? Does this fit within the, the yeah. schema of what's important? And sometimes you just have to do things that aren't, you know, but so at least you're kind of thinking about it. Well, there's been a very direct uh, focus. Like it mm. sounds like it's really focusing you in. Yeah, so I, I do that more in my work because you want to live your life a bit more freely outside of your work. You don't want to be a hyper, you know. You don't want to be setting your calendar, at least I don't. You don't you outside don't, you, of work, you want to live your life. I thought you had all your time outside <laughs> of work categorised as well. Like. Hour by hour. Um But to me, during the days, that's made me a lot more effective. But, and It probably allows you to work less too. Yeah, and you and I set some goals and kind of had a bit of a, acted as an accountability partner for goals that are more broad than just professional. And we've done one check-in so far. So that's another part of the reflection that I'm finding useful as well. What I find really interesting about the categorization is um, you know, Jack Dorsey and he runs Twitter um, and also um, what's called Square, Squarespace, no. Square. Square. The payment. Yeah, the payment, payment platform. So 
So Squarespace is the uh, the website yep. thing. And being CEO of both of those companies, um, he also segments his time. How the a, hell do you do that? In a similar fashion. Yeah. Well, he's, he's been criticised. Uh, and again, I think he's been criticised by the uh, by the 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 journos that are sitting on the sidelines, sitting around, you know, sitting in the, the grandstand, not actually in the arena. So it's all well and good to, you know, throw a couple of couple of spears in, but I think a lot of them have been thrown by people that aren't, aren't actually in the mix themselves. Mm. Um, and who knows? Twitter seems to be going uh, remarkably. Mind you, they've had a couple of, um, you know, politically charged... Situations well, a lot of people use it. So. And, and it's pretty popular. So he divides every single one of his days and supposedly works eight hours at one company or something like that, seven or eight hours at one company, seven or eight hours at the other company <laughs> every single day. Come on. Jeez. But every single day is, a, is wholly focused around one thing. Right. So Monday I think he has teams, you know, team day, which is having one-on-one chats with people and then on – Tuesdays is a completely different thing, a marketing day and mm. Wednesdays is a product day and you know, day four is business development or something That's of that nature. And so every single day is focused. So he's in this one frame of mind um, going from one company into the next. Mm. And it seems to work for him. Awesome. Yeah, very interesting. Keeps him focused. Tell me about your top principle. So for me... I've always been a, I've always been a bit of a theoriser, a bit of a over planner. Um, keep it all in your head. Keep it all inside, and you know, try and try and find the the best way forward. I think it's a, a bit of a perfectionism trait coming out. Yeah. So for me, the biggest one that I'm really trying to work on, um, and I think is more broadly, um, across from certainly from this year, is a bit more of an action bias. Love it. And this is something that we've seen across all of the, certainly all of the books I think that we've touched on. Yeah. Every single one of these people appears to have that action bias. It's not to say that they don't go out and do any planning, but they they put themselves out there. They, they take the step forward. They don't overthink it. They don't mm. plan every single variable. That they learn by it. doing, yeah. So how have you done that? So for a start, planning less. Oh, and just, just starting to put one foot in front of the other on particular things. Have you found that mentally difficult? Super challenging. Yeah. Um, now, there's, there's some spaces that I haven't been able to, to do it in too well yet and maybe don't need to. So and that might be, you know, what's the best tool to do this because it doesn't take a lot of time to do it. Yep. Um, or an app or something like that. And I so you mean okay. like looking into, hey, what's the best software out there or what's the best? Bluetooth speaker or something, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But but in the space of say writing. So I'm trying to do a lot more writing. Yeah. And I could go out there and read um, you know, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont and um, all these various books and how to write a book or how to write a blog or you know, there's tons of things out there on writing. And doing a bit of reading actually helps the writing in itself. But just writing, right? Just doing lots more writing and putting some you know, effort and intention mm. into into that writing, I think, has has been great. And you, you notice improvement. Um, 
or at least I feel like I've got a little bit more coherence in the things that I write I'm now. I'm sure you do. And so the big one for me uh, out of that was uh, Nassim Taleb and he's probably had a mention in every single other episode so far, so why not this one? <laughs> That's it. Um, his idea around the target and um, just shooting towards the target. And actually, What's that? Yeah, so it's this, it's this idea that um, shooting towards the target and being slightly off and then shooting again, you're going to gradually find your way rather than sitting there and trying to aim, get the right trajectory, mm. you know, the right pullback on the bow, for, say, for example, while we're using the, the targeted analogy, you know, the right height, what's the wind doing, what's the, you know, the air coefficient Get your feedback and, loop going, yeah. And all that stuff, just start doing. And yeah. he's actually proved this, I believe, mathematically in complex systems, which, you know, is far beyond my my understanding of it's cool anything so um and then obviously we look at mr chenard from let my people go surfing and his idea of he just wanted to make some rock climbing gear and you know as part of that as part of doing that he was just doing it for himself and he You've started a doing little, it uh, little paraphernalia on right now Representing, representing them right now. There you go. I think I'm going to ben the boy. shop tomorrow <laughs> to get some gear for my upcoming trip. So, I like it, mate. It's good. S- supporting, supporting the earth. Supporting Shannard. <laughs> and then uh, we did have a brief interruption just before, but there was a little bit brought from that. And there's a book that I'm going to read and that we will definitely do on the on mm. an upcoming episode, which is "Can't Hurt Me" by Dave Goggins. And so this is a guy that's basically, he just goes into something and sees what happens. And he's, you know, fallen over time and time and time and time again. And he gets up, goes again, gets up, goes again, gets up, goes again. For those of you who follow his Instagram account, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Pretty motivational guy. But that's how he, he got to, you know, some of the positions that he's um, been able to achieve. And, you know, now the, the, the fame, I guess, that he's attracted to himself. How much of that do you want? Improvement or? He's so extreme. He's intense. I think he sets, I think he sets a, uh, I wouldn't say it's a benchmark. I think he sets a ceiling. But he's also inspiration as to how far you can go. And I think that's important. Yeah, I guess it comes back to taking what you want how much you want out of those things, right? Well, you can take it down the other end of the scale too, right? So let's go back, let's go all the way to the other end where you have people philosophizing and theorizing about the best way to climb a, let's say, a, a management structure within the Defence Force, which is what he, I guess, did. And I'm sure that exists. Mm. Who's going to get further? Who's going who's who's to come closer to the truth? He, oh, definitely. But is he is he living a happy life? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. So he seems pretty happy though. He seems like a content kind of guy. He doesn't seem very content to me. Damn. Okay. He seems. Do you think he seems too? There's some sort of. Oh, definitely. 
there's some sort of like always unsatisfied. Yeah, impatience or some sort of need to punish yourself. That I feel like he's not. I wouldn't categorize him as a from a very, from a distance as someone who's super happy. I wouldn't have thought, but that may not be what he wants. Yeah, and maybe and maybe. But there's certainly something to learn from his <laughs> extreme achievements. But do you think do you think he's kind of like flying over all this underlying stuff that might be going on, and so he's just pushing pushing through it instead? And that's where you see him as maybe not being happy. But then again, it's it's also what is his interpretation of happiness? Yeah, like probably work. It's just not for me. Mm. That level of yeah, extreme, extreme personality, I suppose. We should have a good time reading that book then, mate. That'll be a good episode to do. I'm interested because I've listened to a few of his interviews and I read a book about him where he moved in with a guy called Jesse Itzner, I think it's called, Living with a Seal. I think that launched his fame. Mm. And, yeah, he was just, he'd seen David Goggins like run, you know, 100K round a circuit and until his feet were bleeding or something. He's like, who the hell is this guy? Um, And he had a team of five people that were doing that. And they'd all take breaks and like it was like a relay and David did it himself, I think. And so who won? being this guy that's who like super extreme himself, like, you know, he lives this out there life. He said, come move in with me. <laughs> you know, he's got a, his wife is the creator of Spanx, Sarah Blakely. And um, anyway, old David moved in for I think six weeks, six weeks or six months, I can't remember. And he kind of, it's like a diary about what they did together and he got him super fit. I'm friends with a few, um, you know, a few guys in the, in a similar space, you know, um, in the elite defense force spaces, if you want to call it that. Uh-huh. And they do have a sim, there is a similar mindset. Mm. Um, I, I see what you're saying about the, I wouldn't say it's a punishing, but there's almost like you're getting into a space of maybe like what's called the hurt locker, right? And they seem to love being in that hurt locker. Mm. And, but I think at least the guys that I know, they're quite happy. They seem quite happy. Mm. Um, But are they running 300K marathons till they have to get taken to hospital? Well, then they're not running that on a regular basis, but they're running maybe 100 kilometers on it you know a couple of times a year or those type of feats and so that's it's pretty cool and that's that's pretty intense like 100ks is a pretty intense race or they might try and but i i, I see that as a bit of a distinction between what coggins is like i think they enjoy just being in the same space and i feel like you kind of jump into this zone you know the hurt locker zone mm-hmm. you know when you're really pushing yourself physically Mm. You notice, you notice it. You notice it doing a doing a. You're coming towards a last rep, say at the gym. Let's say for for the gym goers, the weightlifters out there, and you're coming to that last rep, and in your head there's this, I can't do this. That kind of just glistens over, right? I think they love being right at that edge, and then 
kind of just sitting in that zone and just mm. beating against that. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm more commenting on the level that he takes it to on a super regular basis. Seems quite extreme to me. Like in that book, he's up every day running ridiculous, uh, you know, Ks and and pushing himself to till his body breaks down like every day, you know. That's his life. That seems quite over the top. But That's intense, yeah. Yeah. Um, which book would you pick out of the first ten episodes as having the most influence on you? I read this now. When I originally read this it was quite a long time ago, which was Principles Ray Dalio. I, I I bought it when it first came out in seventeen twenty seventeen tail end of twenty seventeen. I think that's when it was, and I pretty much picked it up straight away and read it straight away. Mind you, it took me quite a while to get through it. Hmm. Um, I would just say, first of all, the benchmark that he has set, and maybe again, he, he might also be a ceiling, you know, similar to what we were talking about with Goggins, uh, in terms of his hurt locker zone, let's call it that. In terms of Dalio's principles zone, I think he maybe has set a ceiling in terms of how far you can take this. But there's a lot of good that can come from it. Mm. And so I think just looking at things in a bit more of a systematic structured way and I do get told time to time that I'm quite systematic and structured as it is. It probably appeals to us because we're engineers anyway. It's the very, it's a very engineering way of thinking. Yeah. This first and then this and then this. Pain plus reflection equals progress. Finally a formula for love. (laughs) (laughs) I've worked out the answer. Yeah. And so that, that for me has been yeah. great. And, it, you know, not, not just the act of principles, but there's some great principles in themselves within that book. And the bit on his biography is cool too in that book. Yeah, yeah it's a great little, you know, rags to riches story almost. Yeah. Um, you? For me, it's the black swan. And not just that, but I've read, I've now through two of his other books in the, in Shirto series and I've got two to go. But the whole thing just changed my, t- totally changed my perspective on the world and let me understand the world better. And, and the, the, the themes that run through those books weave their way through everything else, I reckon. You can find them in all ten books, the, com- the complex, the, how to act in a complex situation and non-complex things that happen out of the blue, you know, and just how to deal with the different types of scenarios you meet in the world. I think it can just, it weaves through everything. I don't find him that necessarily, his writing is a bit hard to stomach sometimes, but he's just like... His ideas are so good that it doesn't matter. So I, I love the way he writes. I don't like the way he gives a speech. I, I think it I think he, He's belligerent. I think it comes off in, in the way he writes. Yeah, there's, a, there's the, the real uh, combative piece that sometimes, yeah, pulls you back. But I love the – he pulls in like these random stories or random people – 
or personas or you know and quite mm. often there's a real translation to them you know um, i love that nero and uh fat tony and yeah and everything um and talking about weaving through the episodes you know i think that principles and the black swan all their they all weave through most of the other stuff we've talked about like the naval episode let my people go surfing um particularly range and Jiro talk kind of work through the the complex and the non-complex and kind of how to deal with those two type of situations yeah well you're looking at like range is down one end of the scale and Jiro is at the other end of the scale in terms of this mastery space yeah right but they've kind of come to the same place because the range you know when you're when you're operating across all these you know you've built up to this many different domains of thinking and looking at the world you realize how complex it is and then you go into Jiro's space and because he's gotten to such fine detail and nuance around how he does things he's he's in a complex world himself right they're different environments yeah. they're different ecosystems don't get me wrong one's um, what you could probably call a harsh operating environment or one's kind of the safe a safer operating environment you know much closer to playing a game there's more hmm. there's like less more, variables maybe closed or open yeah you know making sushi every day is more closed more like playing chess more repeatable the range is the the random environment yes hmm. and I think pulling pulling those two together there's a lot of similarities yeah and regardless iterative learning is important but how much weight you put on different things in different environments is important so the iterative learning in Jiro you know you're going to be able to repeat that over and over and over again for these sort of for the skills that he's learning and hone in further for range it's more about you need to be iterative but ready more open for things to change rapidly or to find, to find uh, secrets in other areas that you can, that might become relevant to you in the current area you're working in without you really realizing. The more general you are, the more ready you'll be to solve new problems, I think. And at the end of the day, they both realized the world is fucking complex. <laughs> <laughs> so. And, and, just to just to um, emphasise an earlier point, every single one of these authors was biased towards action. Got out there and started doing stuff. So yeah. my experience with action bias is a bit interesting. You're, you're, you're quite an action bias guy. I am, but only in particular areas. So in sharing my thoughts and my philosophies and that sort of thing, that's something I've had to push really hard to get through a barrier to be able to start doing like this podcast and my writing and, and putting stuff out. That's taken me a long time to get over the hurdle of not wanting to be judged on what I think, I think. So the I don't think that's action bias or not. No? I think that's a different, that's a different thing. I think you are action biased by the fact that you're actually doing it, right? <laughs> but um, maybe I've wanted to for a while and not. Yeah, but it's not the action that's holding you back. You're not over planning it or trying to get it perfect. 
you're just look, you're just holding back doing because it. of well you're, you're not doing it because you're holding back for another reason which is you know what's this going to look like out in the world or something of that nature yeah. you know yeah. i don't consider that a fall down of your action okay. bias that's interesting so i've had interesting experience with action bias where i think i am generally someone who'll just do something but I find myself reflecting on some things I've had action bias towards. Say I've built an app um, and I learnt so much doing that. But it's taken two years to do it and to learn all the mistakes. And to me, it, yeah, hopefully it'll still work out all right and come to something. But I wonder if I could have done a bit more planning <laughs> that might have stopped some of the the mistakes I've made. So sometimes maybe so, I'm too action biased. and Maybe we could take a leaf out of each other's books. Yeah, I think maybe we should. We'll trade a couple we'll of notes. Trade, yeah, maybe I should back off 10% and you take 10% and I'll swap you. Because sometimes I'll just do stuff and now I'm looking back and going, man, I shouldn't have done that. I'm not saying that necessarily for that. I'm not, I'm not too down on this software. It's more just generally, but maybe that's just the part of, doesn't Elaine Baton saying if you don't look back at yourself 12 months ago and wonder, think how stupid you were, you haven't learnt enough in the past year. So I feel like I feel like that about some of the stuff I've done. And, I'm, you know, you feel a little bit, God, why did I do that? So maybe that's just part of learning. Well, mate, Pareto... Principle says that you give me twenty percent of your, your stuff, and that'll give me eighty percent of the results. So that's <laughs> what that, on bank. Is that's that how that works. That's what I'm banking on. Yeah, don't know about that. <laughs> um, so we've both been writing. What are you writing about? So my most recent most recent thing is a pretty. It's a pretty. Um, I'm going to get back to this engineering space again, but it's about my. Uh, the way I track knowledge, particularly for the likes of this podcast and just for general learning. And it's, it's basically a, um, basically stolen uh, Robert Greene and Ryan Holiday's note-taking note system and put it in a digital way. So I'm using Evernote to do that. And so I was basically writing about how I go about doing, achieving yeah. that. You need to share the link for that because it's, Pretty awesome, your note-taking system, I reckon. I'm looking forward to incorporating it into my work. Yeah, I I wanted to keep it practical. And so I definitely am on board with the idea that you get more from writing things down by hand. But I don't always have a notebook with me. I don't always want to have a notebook with me that I'm going to capture a random quote and then remember to come back to or have some way of coming back to. So for me, it's easier just to pull out the phone, which is already with us, and write that thing down or write that idea down or you, know, mm. you hear this thing on the radio and you, you put it on. So what else are you kind of focusing on? Are you trying to document some of the, your thoughts? or Because that's quite a practical article, which is fantastic for everyone. Um, so there's, Is that part of a broader theme? In your writing, so the the Evan the Evernote captures the knowledge from all the books and different things we 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 take on, particularly for this this podcast. 
But as I mentioned, I'm also just doing some general writing and trying to write most days if I can Mm -hmm. just to improve and continue to put out, you know, maybe a blog post per month is where we're we're looking at the moment. That's awesome. And something that's got a little bit of meat in it. So something you've refined. Yeah, just an idea. Something that's – and then this is where the the knowledge base itself comes in because having that knowledge base sitting there – means you're easily able to draw on things that you've read three years ago, four years ago. You know, you look up, you're writing about a particular topic, um, bias. Look up a tag bias, pull up all the stuff you have on biases. I imagine there's going to be a lot of Daniel Kahneman in there, but there'll be lots of other things in there too. It just gets so much more powerful as time goes on. Imagine that in 10 years. I've got to start doing that. Um, For me, I've been writing too. This is a thing, self-expression's the new thing for me. So uh, I've been writing my principles. I like this. Mm. Now, what, what are these your life principles, Lucky, or are these your work principles? Or what I'm calling these? it how to get what you want from your work. But it's got to do with you need to think about the way I approach my work is to think about what I want for my life and then how my work can empower that. Well, and, and it's hard, like it's not something that's necessarily easy or I've mastered far from it, but I think I think about that in a more intentional way than most people. And so I don't feel like I'm in any place to offer life advice, but I have thought and read a lot about work and how to get better at stuff. So I'm offering my thoughts on that for people to kind of take or leave if they want to. Give us something. Give us a bite-sized piece of it, mate. Give us, give us something <laughs> that comes to mind. Okay, so, well, I guess it's split up into four sections. So I've kind of... You know, it is very the great artist steel or whatever. So I've, you know, it's got to, it's weaved through all the things I've learned from reading, you know, and heavily influenced by, you know, Ray Dalio and all that. And so the four principles though, or the four sections I've, I've come up with are essentially the idea is that you want to get up a hill and so you want to aim You've got to have the velocity to get moving. You've got to have fuel and... To get fuel in the fire. Yeah, and then acceleration. So they're the four sections. Because so you, you don't want to spend all your time, you know, taking your whole time just to get there. No, so the, the aim is like, which hill am I going up? What do I want? The velocity is how to get moving. What are the core basic principles that I think you need that make you lucky and skillful? And it's about understanding luck and skill and how those two things combine. The third fuel is how to feed the fire that keep you moving. So how do you learn things? And a lot of that inspirations come from some of the stuff we've talked about on this podcast. Um, and the fourth is acceleration. So these are kind of the more higher level concepts that will get you there faster, whatever you are aiming for. And the idea of them are that they're to be read at first 
one after the other, but then they're to be used as a network together. And you need to be doing all of them at once and they all interconnect and affect one another. Because you'll want different things throughout your life, you know. Um, and that was something after my dad read it, he sort of said, well, this is written by someone in their early 30s trying to conquer their career, but your priorities change over time. And so I think I've incorporated a bit more of that in it, that, you know, the idea is you can use this idea to get what you want, whatever that may be. And so make sure you're tweaking what you're doing so that you, if you want to stay home more to look after your new family or you want to be Richard Branson or you want to travel the world or, or not or sit in your basement, that's fine. Just, but these are the things I think you can use to get there. So. I'm excited to read more. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm working on it. So, It's a manifesto in development. Yeah, and it kind of came together because people were, I was talking to people in say professional development situations or someone had asked me for my thoughts on something and I'd babble through some half-assed explanation where I had three of the pieces together of say something that I'd learnt from the black swan or something that Ray had said or something from my own experience and it would just end up being quite confusing. <laughs> so, And probably confusing to you by the end. Yeah, and I, I like, do that. And I got, I'd come away from it and going, did, did, that didn't help. Uh, and so this is my attempt to bring all those things together. And something interesting I found while doing it is that some parts of it I'm not doing myself. Even though I think that this is the right way to do it, I'm not doing it enough. So that's been really helpful for my own reflection to go, hey, if I actually think this, I need to do it too. So you gotta be uh you gotta be honest with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so that's part of our monthly check-ins that we're doing, keep each other accountable. We've actually yeah. picked up something new that's very common this year. Something we're both going to do. Uh not lying. Mm. This this has been tough. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not to say that I don't feel like I'm a dishonest person. Does anyone? I don't, well, I think some people are intentionally dishonest to, you know, because it's a, it's a way to sometimes get what you want. You know, I think to, everyone's to intentionally term. dishonest. Yeah, agreed, actually. Yep. To certain degrees. Yes. There's malicious. That's what I was talking about. So the, the, there's certainly people that set out to just what is the, how can we get this the shortest, quickest mm. way and burn the most things in our path? You know? Yeah. It seems that you can find a way to justify most things though. That's true. Mm. So, but telling someone that, you know, yes, you will, um, mm. yes, you will yeah. receive the money tomorrow. There's, or, yeah. You know you're lying then, don't you? Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, you know, let's, let's be realistic here. But there's the lying you're doing that you don't realise. Yeah, and so that, that's been the challenge is the lying that's done from a, uh, uh, you know, to protect yourself mm. or to... Or an avoidance an mechanism. An avoidance mechanism. Yeah. There's also the lying of, you know, intentionally leaving out details to cover up things or to not let them out. And it's not to say that we're going out of our way to, you know, 
just be totally transparent and you, be blunt and tell everyone how things are. You need a filter. Yeah, there's still a filter applied, but uh, it's trying to make an intention to be more honest and catching yourself. And I've caught myself quite a few times mm. going to going to uh, tell a bit of a thirty. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> a furphy? Thirty, <laughs> not a beer. No, isn't it a furphy? No, that's a beer. No. Mate. No, we're checking that afterwards because it's, it's definitely check. a furphy. I, I might have been lied to my whole. <laughs> There's some honesty. My whole, my whole childhood. Um, yeah, it is tough though. It's something that's in 12 Rules for Life. This is one of his things. Uh, haven't read it. Don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah. Well, and but the third, there's like another layer of not just other people but it's lying to yourself. That's hard. That's where we're getting into psychology. Mm. Where you, where you yeah. over-rationalise a situation or something. You know, you, you can rationalise anything, mm. yeah, which I think you were saying before. But mm. um, what's, what's, what's the reality and kind of leaning into that and facing mm. into that? Have I, have I genuinely stuffed up here? Yeah. It's been it's – it's helped my self-esteem actually, not lying. I think, but I still catch myself lying. Have you had have you had some uh, tough encounters in a situation where you, where you wouldn't yeah where you wouldn't where you'd normally not lie? Oh, sorry, where you'd normally lie. I've made it harder for myself in situations by telling the truth this year, but I wouldn't say I've yet got to the point where I'm confronting everything I should. So working on it. Love but it, it's mate. more that avoidance thing, I think. So. Yeah. That's been a good good little check-in. Thanks, see, see you next time. Bye.